0: This is the official HITS Training and Consulting Podcast. We are America's law enforcement canine training resource. We're raising the training bar for police dogs everywhere by discussing the intricate details of the training techniques used by the experts. HITS Radio is merging the training world with the real world. You've been there. We've been there too. Welcome to HITS Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer. I'm back again with the training panel that I put together for a Question that I did in our last episode kept him here. We're going to go over it one more time. So, uh, still have with me Wendell No, Ron Cloward, and Mike Gooseby, and we're going to go over another question now with the three of them. And this question, and at, at, at first, is going to sound kind of generic, but I think between all the experience, there's there's well over a hundred years of experience on this uh, podcast right now. So, kind of put everybody's heads together and just kind of see if there's a couple things because it's a common kind of kind of common problem and. Um, we see it, and it manifest it in different ways, and in between these podcasts, we just were kind of talking about buying dogs, and and it kind of comes off of that. Um, one of the one of us was saying uh, that you know we're, we like finding these dogs that are basically crazy. So um, I, I get these questions, and I, I it was a long email, but the gist of the email that was a handler who basically has a dog that's performing very well on the street. The the dog is dual purpose drug uh, narco- uh, drug and patrol dog. Um, they do a little bit of tracking the dog is extremely high drive um, does very very well on everything but his uh, you know his trigger pull on the dog is is almost nothing so it takes the dog to go from zero to one million you know out of the car loses his mind over the period of time of about two years um, the dog has still working well but some of his behaviors now are deteriorating because of some of the frustrations. So they've done a lot of inducive stuff with the dog, tried to expose him, but where the, where they really run into problems with this, it's a Dutchie, Um, he's physically hard, you know, a correction doesn't do anything to him. It doesn't get his attention. It just will usually frustrate him a little more. If they're doing like a SWAT type thing where there's a whole lot of stimulation to the dog and they're breaking windows and he's in a stack and he's got to control himself for a little while, the dog loses his mind. Um, on one occasion, he bit the handler pretty good, um, not necessarily a rank dog, but just pure frustration. on dope searches of the dog um, will kind of just, you know it's it's he gets so wrapped up in wanting to work that the frantic behavior almost prevents him from from working sometimes. But then when he's that frantic behavior, when when things line up right and it's an area search and he's not being slowed down, going out and finding a bad guy and and engaging him as needed is absolutely spot on. So, I mean, there's a whole lot of really, really good things about this dog, but trying to control him. And I've seen it myself when you have dogs like that, when you try to control them, you build some frustration. Um, obviously you're not going to do it through, um, you know, any type of compulsion or I shouldn't say any type, but pure compulsion is going to work because the dog's way, way past that. He's much stronger than that. And, and it wouldn't be, wouldn't be fair to the dog. So I, I think we've probably all dealt with it a little bit in different ways, and and uh, I just thought it'd be fun to to kind of pick everybody's brains. So, uh, Mike, I know you guys. Uh, I've I've been out there. I know you guys get strong dogs. So I, I don't think that's something that would be too foreign for you to have dealt with, or probably are dealing with it right now.
1: You know, the the, the key thing though is building that foundation. You know, you can't you can't throw a roof on a shaky house. So huh. you got to build that foundation. Whereas you're working the dog. And gaining that foundation in very low stimulation arenas. I mean, I've taken so far as before I even do bite work, I start the dog off in regular obedience and then I introduce the ball. And, and if I can't do almost everything with the ball that I can do in bite work, I don't move the bite work yet. I start getting more of a foundation sure. though, Because if I can't get the dog to out the ball, nine times out of ten, he's not coming up to bite you either sure. or sleep. You know, so if I can't control him in that little, low, low level stimulation arena. There's no need for you to go forward. Just sure. continue to build that foundation. So I, I would question with this dog: was there enough time in the foundation arena?
0: Well, that's a, more structure. That's, that's a great. That's a great question. I know about this dog, and um, it, it, for administrators that are listening, um, the department was worried about how long it would take to uh, get this dog on the street. So the the handler and the trainer are outstanding, but they were rushed. So that's a right. that's a good point. So given that. I mean, if you if you inherited that dog, do you have any tips or tricks to kind of? I mean, you can't. Oh,
1: absolutely! Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. You, you you climbed eight runs to get to where you are on that ladder. Well, just walk back down five or six runs and start laying some foundation with them. You can do that five, ten minutes, 10, 15 minutes a day. Just remove you know, that stimulus. Some foundation stuff and with less stimulus, exactly. Yeah. Gain that control. Gain that. Gain That, that buy in less stimulation because less stimulation means that you're gonna use less compulsion. Less yep. compulsion generally means you're gonna have less conflict. Yep. You know? Yep. So that's what I would do with them. I, I go backwards a little bit with them. And handlers don't like hearing that word because oh if I go backwards that means I'm failing. You no, know, if you go backwards it means you're rebuilding, retooling because you want a stronger <clears> foundation. Yeah. I want a better product.
0: Yeah. Is, that, so is it. that kind of what you do too, Ron? Yeah and
2: and my schools I'll, we start with um, all detection work first before we go into patrol. And I feel like that does exactly what Mike's talking about. Yes, sir. It allows you that opportunity to set that foundation with that dog. And um, foundation is huge. And I always tell people that when we go to a certain point and the dog fails, it's it's good to step back to where it was successful mm-hmm. and continue to build from there. So, I mean, what Mike said is spot on. I mean, it's all about the foundation and the dog. And it's okay to back up. There is
0: yeah. no failure in backing up. And people need to understand that. Yeah. So, Wendell, um, with this dog that, I, from what I understand, he's not necessarily a rank dog, but now he's uh, turned on the handler. Once, is that something that's not uncommon when the dogs are that frustrated? Do you think?
3: So I gotta, I gotta tell you, I agree with everything that has been said up till up to this point. Um, I do the same thing. Maybe I'll give just a, uh, an example of in the human world, a, a human boxer will spar a hundred rounds for every one round that he's going to be in a fight. And when we dog train using that same principle, we we have less risk of a dog developing a point where he's figured out the game or he doesn't like this part of the game or or whatever. And, if we come consistently or inconsistent with our training, then the dog never figures out anything. And uh, the optimal police dog never, never knows when it's a training exercise or a deployment. And that that's the perfect police dog, but it takes so much effort that I don't know many people who will go to that length to, to adapt their training and make it, reality based enough to where a dog doesn't figure it out and I'm not saying that's what this dog did but I have seen this very same behavior numerous times when the dog figures out the game and that is not that is not a fault of the dog in my opinion it's a fault of rushing or cutting corners uh, just like these guys have said they they said I'm just trying to think of something meaningful to say (laughs) because they said it all
0: yeah (laughs) I I understand, yeah. it's uh, Like I said, it's not an uncommon uh, problem that I think we've all seen. I I guess, uh, Wendell, have you seen it where it can't be fixed? I mean, maybe the dog's just gotten away with it too long, or is it something that, given the right amount of modular training and the right amount of patience, um, it should be salvageable? So so I can't
3: answer that. I I
0: am able to answer that
3: question. We've had just over three thousand dogs come through our program in thirty one years. We have had three dogs that um have come to that point where they don't they just don't seem like they can be fixed. but those dogs were each six, seven to eight years old, and not a young dog yeah uh, when when a dog is six, seven, or eight, and he's had he's had rushed or you know insufficient training. And I, I hate to use that word, but, or maybe inefficient training, less, less than mm. efficient training for years and years. I, I have seen several that could not be fixed. Yeah. And I mean, when they're that old, it's a little bit easier to talk to the administrator and say, Hey, look, uh, not to point any fingers, but this dog is past the point of no return. Maybe he can be a good drug dog for you for the rest of his life or career. Yeah. But if you take him out on the street, uh, you're going to get uh, officers fanged or or perhaps the wrong person or frustration bites or cars getting chewed up of uh, thousands yeah. of dollars of damage and so on.
0: I, I tell you, I'll weigh in here too. I, I've had some pretty good luck about changing the, you know, doing the modular training, but also taking some of the triggers away from the dog. Like what I've seen is uh, like, especially, you know, it seems like we all probably are contacted with people who have release problems. And a lot of times I'll take, take, get a new release command, change up the whole ritual of how they were doing it. Because I think sometimes just that dog has learned that when you put these three leashes on me and the pinch collar and you drag all this stuff out on the field, I'm ready to go, you know? (laughs) So I've had pretty good luck with uh, just kind of changing the whole behavior, taking some of the stimulation out of them and, and shaping the dog, you know, figure out what the triggers are for the dog that are, are kicking that dog into that condition black. And then, uh you know changing that over and maybe and and again it sounds sounds kind of simple but i think like that dog ron that you and i uh played with when i was out there about two years ago you know we changed his uh, release command and kind of changed the dog's mind a little bit and we able to kind of clear his head kind of quickly because i think the dog probably expected some some really uh you know probably harsh corrections and then when it turned into all fun the dog kind of started releasing uh, pretty quickly
2: yeah, I mean, that it does change their focus a little bit when they've been pounded on um, over a certain command and then the dogs are fighting back because they're they a strong dog, a strong defensive dog. And every time they hear that, they want to start fighting. But when you change things up a little bit, you know, the fight's taken away. So I, I think changing those things like that is, is always a good idea. Um, you know, I, you said something a little while ago Jeff, you asked Kendall about a dog that has failed and the dog is coming up on hand or I had one recently that I had to take back from an agency because it came up on a hand or in fact it came up on three different people but in mm. each one of those cases the dog always won. Yeah. What it did was it taught the dog that he
0: could do that yeah. and it was okay, with was an accepted
2: behavior and it got so bad this is where it gets tragic. It got so bad that when I got the dog back here, he was coming up on my kennel guys, and I ended up having to put the dog down. There was no other answer. Yeah. Um, simply because right. nobody could deal with him. They couldn't take him out and do anything with him. So, a lot of times, we manifest that problem because we don't deal with the problem. And this dog was allowed to win yep. over and over again. And so, um, you know, a dog comes up.
0: Has to understand that's not an acceptable behavior. Very good point. And,
1: Go ahead, Mike. and that was going to be the point. That was, that was going to be the point. That I was going to add on to what Ron just started with because we work canine, and so when it comes to canine, we tend to focus on the dog. But sometimes to nip that problem in the bud sooner, you may have to change that dog's handler. Yeah, because if that handler has already allowed certain things to occur, and his dog has gained satisfaction and success out of it, sometimes. That handler may not have the moxie, if you will, to step up to the challenge of what it needs to fix this dog's problem. And so sometimes you can look at a picture, and step out of it, and like, okay, you know what, this dog can work, but he's definitely not going to work on this guy. Yeah. And you look at that way sometimes too, you
0: know. And, and Mike, are you? I know you guys sometimes will have several dogs in training at, at once. Is there ever a time where you have to tell handlers, hey, we're going to flip flop the dogs for various reasons? Absolutely. And- yes, sir. Absolutely. And That usually Absolutely. works out better because by that time you kind of get to know the handler skills better, and
1: yes, you do. Yeah. And
0: you see the dogs,
1: the dogs and the handler gel together, or lack thereof, if you will. Yeah, and you start seeing how certain handlers work with certain dogs. Now, don't get me wrong. When we go test dogs, I don't test a dog for a particular handler. Sure. A handler, I go out and try to try to choose the best dog to tested that day for. Me, you know, yeah. and yeah. Then marry him up with the handler. But sometimes you get to do that. You know what? This dynamic's <laughs> not working. If I move this this move A to B and then C to D, this might work better. Yep. If it works that way
0: sometimes. the yep. You know? Yep, I get I get that. So again, I guess just to recap this, you know, you got the, the high drive dog that we all want. Um if if it starts deteriorating, I guess look at both ends of the leash. You know, is the handler stepping up and doing what he needs to do. And I, I would throw in there too, as you know, as you as the trainer, um, if you're having trouble Go to, you know, every every place has good trainers around, so it doesn't mean you're a bad trainer. I think it makes you a better trainer if you'll go to another agency. Even if you've been a trainer 10 years and the other agency trainer's been three years, that doesn't matter. Go and get some other fresh set of eyes on this team. Take both of them there, work with them, show show the some other trainers, hey, here's what's going on. Anybody got any ideas? And, and work as groups and, and try to, to not let this uh, deteriorate so much. So I think that would that would be a, a a good starting point for for a lot of us. Sometimes is is get some fresh set of eyes on it. So you guys, I appreciate you guys jumping on again and uh, you know kind of sharing some a lot of knowledge. We'll be doing this from time to time, and I I sure appreciate you guys taking the time to to get on today. And if you guys again, if you guys like uh, being able to to bounce some ideas and meet different trainers and stuff, uh, hits will be in Scottsdale this uh, year in August. Hitscanine.net has all the information. Hitscanine.net give you all the information about the dates the hotel everything hopefully uh we're we're taping this right now at the end of march and hopefully by august the world's back to normal uh, it isn't right now but i think we'll be we'll be all set and it'll be a nice uh nice time to have a little uh, canine vacation in uh august of this year so you guys thanks i appreciate it and we'll be talking to you guys very soon thank you guys
1: thank you thank you thank you sir If you're looking to make an investment in your canine career, come the HITS 2020. There's no substitute for the real thing. Whether you're a new handler who's looking to learn more about dog training, or an experienced trainer who's looking for new training ideas and techniques, come the HITS 2020 where the investment is well worth the return. HITS 2020 will have more classes and more vendors who give away more free raffle gifts and free cash than ever before. HITS is the world's largest canine seminar and is open to police officers and military members. Our experience makes the difference. You've been there, and we've been there too.